Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and didn't get too hot and bothered over the weekend. It was a scorcher, wasn't it? Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday the 11th of September. I will have a bit of an update on the weather coming up. But first today, residents in Tenham say constant water leaks around the railway station are becoming dangerous. Now, people living near to the level crossing are scared it could be damaged or even subside if southeast water don't fix the problem soon. They also claim the issue is so bad it sounds like it's constantly raining and algae has even begun to coat the ground creating a slip hazard. Well councillor Lloyd Bowen says thousands of litres of water a day is running down the road. So for the last uh, several months certainly June uh, onwards we've had water leaks within the area of the station at Tendham um, which has progressively got worse. The Southeast Water have come down and tried fixing it before or at the start of the summer holidays. Didn't fix it, uh, came back, resurfaced the road with the leaks still in place and has done nothing since then. Um, the extent of the water is now getting worse and it's extended to other areas um, and it is a lack of communication and response by Southeast Water which the residents are finding the most infuriating thing given at the same time they, were, they asked for a hosepipe ban um, and it meant that people there they're willing to have thousands of litres a day of water running, but also telling people you can't use hoses in their own back garden. It makes us sort of feel like a like a third party, a forgotten party. Um, that Southeast Water and at times other contractors we, that we, we're not important. That, that it's okay to have this amount of water, precious water just running down the drains for no reason whatsoever um, as, and we're just a, a casualty uh, as a result of it. Um, we don't want much because this has been going on for many many years on and off ever since I've been in Tenham for over 20 years this area has been prone to water leaks and they've never managed to fix it with a permanent fix and people are just fed up with it. I think the concern is we I don't know what's happening underneath the tracks the pipes run under the appear to run under the level crossing and into the uh, station row behind so with the weight of the trains rumbling through at 60 mile an hour uh, and, and that's those which don't stop um, what weight is actually being pushed down on, on on a pipe that's already potentially leaking and whether that could generate into subsidence which we are looks like we're starting to see on one of the repairs which they didn't do but you can clearly see it. it's dipped so with the weight of trains, vehicles coming through, what's going to happen? There is a risk, I think, to, to people's health and safety. Now, the water company's distribution manager, Mark Rice, has apologised for any inconvenience caused. He said this in a statement. We are aware of four leaks in the Tenham area, Station Row, Conyer Road and two on the Crescent, and are working with our repair team to schedule these in to be fixed as soon as possible. We know how frustrating leaks can be and we apologise for any inconvenience caused. We take leaks seriously and want to to thank those who report them to us. You can follow the progress of repairs by using our interactive map. Southeast Water was asked why a running leak was resurfaced instead of being repaired, but no explanation was given. Kent Online reports. Other top stories for you today. And a man's been found dead after police were called to a residential street in Ramsgate. They're investigating the circumstances of the incident in the Newcastle Hill area yesterday afternoon. A two-day hearing is starting to decide the future 
future of the O2 Academy in Brixton. A security guard from Gravesend was one of two people killed in a crush at the venue last December. The local councillor meeting to look at whether it's safe to use. A Gillingham man has appeared in court after he keyed an Audi convertible that belonged to a man whose wife was having an affair with. Gary Malone used his key to punch holes in the soft top and scratch the side of the vehicle while it was parked outside his local pub. The 48-year-old who lives in Kingswood Road must pay the victim for the damage and complete 80 hours of unpaid work. We're told he and his wife have now got back together. This was one of our most read stories on the website over the weekend because we've been finding out what sort of impact a Costco store could have as the retailer prepares to open its first shop here in the county. The American brand announced last month it had two potential locations in mind. At the moment, the closest store is in Essex. Well, Tudor Price is from the Kent and Victor Chamber of Commerce and has been given us his reaction. I think any large employer is going to sort of bring with it economic benefits. It also brings a few challenges around infrastructure. Um, the impact it will have on sort of its final chosen location in terms of sort of traffic uh, and accommodation, movement of vehicles, of course. You know, so there, there are there are challenges uh, and issues to be dealt with and overcome. But I mean, whichever local authority you know is, is lucky enough to have them come into their area, I'm sure they'll they'll sit down and work through these things with with Kent Highways and then the rest of the interested parties. Local employment uh, side of things will be really really beneficial. But then also Costco, like many others, you know, that they will try and source locally where they can. They have, you know, good uh, sustainability uh, credentials as well. So they try and uh, source locally. So there's an opportunity for uh, supply chain in terms of products and services that, that the Costco will offer. So uh, these things always bring with them a sort of a huge wake of, of opportunity, but they also bring some disruption. Uh, and I think, you know, hopefully um, people will see that the, the benefits outweigh the disbenefits um, and uh, you know, people will very quickly get around um, the, the, the local authority uh, to try and help make this come uh, reality sooner rather than later. The challenge the local authorities have in both uh, Medway and Maidstone is, is the scale, the size of it. Um, I know Maidstone recently just sort of turned down an Aldi request um, and Costco are considerably larger than Aldi. So I suspect um, them might not be as, as easy a, an option for, for Costco as Medway. I know Medway is super keen. So, uh, and again, they need sort of massive amount of space. You're talking blue water size footprint. Okay, it's huge because it's the amount of tra- the HGV traffic is the key. Um, you obviously get a lot, of, a lot of cars, consumers, that's fine. Um, but again, you know, we've dealt with that in, in sort of previous um, sort of situations. But yeah, that logistics infrastructure is what's key. Kent Online reports. A man in his 70s has died after his car collided with a tree near Ashford. It happened on the A251 Faversham Road, not far from the entrance to Eastwell Manor Hotel between Borton Lees and Trinity Road early on Saturday. Investigators want to hear from anyone with dash cam footage. Elsewhere, a motorcyclist has died following a serious crash on the A2. Emergency crews were called to the London-bound carriageway between the Whitfield roundabout and the junction for Lydon on Friday. A man in his 30s who was riding a blue and white Suzuki 
Suzuki bike died at the scene. A Kent dad says he's deeply unimpressed after several drivers refused to let his daughter on a bus during her first week at secondary school. Paul Barkaway, who lives in Dunkirk near Faversham, says for two days in a row, stagecoach services were full and wouldn't stop for the 11-year-old. And he wants another bus to be added to the timetable to meet demand. The operator says they will be adding bigger buses to some routes to ease congestion. Now, a Kent singer who tried to take her own life several times has been speaking to the podcast about how she managed to turn her life around. Sophie Benfold from Gravesend suffered from depression and became addicted to cocaine following a traumatic incident in her childhood. She's been speaking to Dan about the moment things changed. Things just got overwhelming. Um, I took a dark road, um, lost sight of pretty much everything, family, myself, music, everything. I just lost sight of everything. Isolated myself, started taking cocaine, which was not the greatest of choices. Um, And then, yeah, so it got to a point where I'd taken so much that I was completely and utterly not myself. My parents got me out um, and took me into like a rehab group where I discussed everything and yeah, I kind of saw that all of them choices I did make was not the right choices. Um, but it was after I had stopped, I had like the all of the withdrawals, I had all of the guilt and everything for everything I did to my family and friends and loved ones, like what they had to see me go through, like it's not nice. Um, and it was then that I decided I don't deserve to be here after everything I've put everybody through. It was the next day that I woke up in the hospital and honestly, I cannot describe the feeling. It was just like, wow, so grateful to be alive. How silly of me to have even attempted such a thing. It was when I got out of the hospital that I just saw everything in a new light. Like the whole place I lived in, the surrounding areas, I was just riding around on my bike, listening to music, stopping off um, at random patches of greenery that I found, writing down poems, lyrics, getting back into my creative self again. And I felt so free and like the grass, the sun, the wind, everything was just beautiful. Like I was just so mesmerized with the world that I am now in and this is my home, you know? Um, And yeah, it was then that I kind of saw the light, so to speak, and how beautiful everything was. And there was no need for the negativity that I was putting on myself, because that's what it was. I was putting it on myself. Could you take me back to your love of music and and where that began and and sort of how you got into music and and how you got to where you are today um, with music? All started singing, singing over the family favourites, high school musical. That's where it all started for me. I used to watch them as a kid, me and my brother, you know, just watching and singing along to the songs and I enjoyed it I found it like amazing just to sing and dance and have fun and then it was my dad that introduced me to Adele's 21 album and I listened to that and I was just like wow so powerful and it had the way it made me feel inside was great like I related to it and when I started singing it I was like wow I can sing this I can actually sing to Adele's music and I was like okay And I just got such a good feeling within myself when I was singing to her songs. And so it was then that I decided, you know, why not try and write my own songs about my own life and my own experiences and things like that and how I feel. When it was secondary school was when the music kind of really took off. Because all through primary school, I just go into choirs and there was loads of little choir groups and 
gigs and shows that we used to do, school plays. I used to love doing all of that stuff. Um, and then in secondary school is when I really got introduced to the piano by my music teacher. He was playing this piece and I was just like gobsmacked. I was like, wow, that sounds beautiful. I said, I want to learn how to play that. I, I want to do that myself. So yeah, every lunchtime, every break time, I wouldn't go out with all the other guys. I'd just stay in the music room myself and play, teach myself how to play. If you ask me how to play a C chord, I couldn't tell you. I had no idea. But I just like played and made sounds and whatever sounded pretty to me, I'd work with that. I went to a music college um, in Dartford. I think it's uh, North Kent College, Miskin. And that's when I started learning how to get some self-confidence in performing in front of people properly, because otherwise I was quite a shy girl. I was like, you know, kept myself to myself, as I said. And I realised, you know, what? I have I have something here and I could do well with this. But then, like I say, it took a turn for the worst, unfortunately, and I stopped. And it was after all of that that um, I explained. And when I come out of it, and I started writing again and I started feeling my passion in my heart again. We're really grateful to Sophie for sharing her story with us. She now writes music to help others overcome their own battles and her new song, Relate to You, is on most streaming platforms. Kent Online News. Next today, we can hear from an army reservist from Kent who almost lost a leg in a motorbike accident and is now competing at the Invictus Games. Staff Sergeant Johnny Ball was seriously injured in 2019 and has undergone a a number of gruelling surgeries to rebuild his legs. The games were officially opened by founder Prince Harry at the weekend and 43-year-old Johnny has already picked up a medal. He's been speaking to me from the camp in Germany. I'm absolutely chuffed and overwhelmed to not only represent Kent as a Invictus Games medalist, remarkably, but also to represent the Army Reserves as the only Army Reservist in this amazing Team UK of 59 athletes. I'm sure a lot of people know about the Invictus Games. It is a huge competition now and so many people get involved. Can you tell us why you particularly wanted to get involved in the Invictus Games? For me, the Invictus Games is the culmination of four years of challenges, difficulties in my life. Since 2019, when I suffered a, a road traffic accident and nearly lost my limb, um, sport has been key to my recovery to get a bit of me back piece by piece. So when the opportunity came up with the Royal British Legion to apply for the Invictus Games, I'd been inspired by so many athletes before me. And I just thought, why not? Let's give it a go. So having ha attended an open day with the Royal British Legion with my family and even my dog, um, that and gave me so much information and confidence and inspired me to put my application in the first place. So this is the culmination and celebration of a lot of hard work over the last few years. You're out in Germany. Tell us what you're going to be competing in whilst you're there, because it's not just one sport that you're doing, is it? No, three sports. So I'm one sport down, which is powerlifting. Where I got that amazing, unexpected bronze medal, which I'm beaming about. Uh, it was quite difficult, though waiting all day for my event. I didn't lift until 6pm in the evening, so a lot of nerves built up over the day. Um, I'm Tomorrow, we're going in on Tuesday, we're doing rowing, and I'm indoor rowing captain, which is, again, an unexpected bonus of this whole process because I've fallen in love with rowing. I used to call it the Vomit Comet because those indoor rowing machines are awful <laughs> initially, but through the coaching and guidance of our um, team and our coaches... Uh, I love it. I absolutely love rowing. It's here to stay post-Invictus. And lastly, cycling. Cycling for me, 
It's been my biggest challenge because I had a road traffic accident on two wheels on a motorcycle. And again, the magic of Invictus has given me the confidence to get back on two wheels and enjoy cycling on a world stage. But most importantly, to get out there and go cycling with my three-year-old girl um, after the games. And that is what this has given me. That is absolutely fantastic. How has it helped you mentally? Because you you, you mentioned your your accident. I mean, it was really severe. You almost lost your, your leg. They had to rebuild your, your lower leg. How did that affect you mentally about, as you say, getting back on two wheels again or even just being able to walk again? Yeah, it has. My injury impacted me uh, mentally as well as physically. I've had seven surgeries physically and you put your hands and trust into the surgeons to do what they do amazingly and also the physios and they got me back on my feet but I think the biggest change for me has been the mental one I suffered a mental health injury naturally through having trauma and through the provision provided by the Ministry of Defence and also the NHS something called Op Courage which is available for all veterans and reservists so anyone that's listening that has served or is serving the Army Reserve or Reserves you can access mental health support through Op Courage, and I would highly recommend that. But what has this has given me through sport? And my wife made a comment. She, I overheard her talking to a friend, and her observation how she's seen me become so much more confident. She's seen me back to being me again because it's been a, a struggle to rediscover myself. But not only that. I actually think I've come out the other side a lot stronger. And there's this thing called post-traumatic growth. And I firmly believe I'm in that phase. And to be able to come out here in Germany and represent Kent, represent the Army Reserves and represent my country embodies everything about how more resilient and how strong I've become. And that's thanks to the, the help and support I've had. But also, quite frankly, I had to go forward and work hard on myself and go through the mental health support through therapy and so we have to take responsibility for our mental health we can't just expect it to be given to us we have to pay our part too and someone who's spoken an awful lot about mental health of course is the founder of the Invictus Games Prince Harry have you been able to see him at all whilst you've been over there I have so Prince Harry did uh, an amazing breakfast with us at the British Consulate Uh, we also had the minister there um, Andrew Dr Andrew Murison from the MOD um, but Prince Harry, the human touch that he has uh, was simply extraordinary. He came around and spoke to every single athlete. He shook the hand of every single athlete. I was also able to show him a picture of my little girl, who's also a redhead. So uh, I said to him, oh, look, this is my little girl. And I've got a picture of her putting a funny face. And he said, my little girl does that face. Uh, he was amazing. And without Prince Harry's advocacy and constant commitment to this process that individual lives like mine wouldn't have been touched and we're now seeing that extend to 21 nations across the globe Uh, and he's one of us he is one of us like me has served in afghanistan so i was amazed to meet him uh, and to be able to have a, a magical moment and selfies and photos was brilliant and he's around here all the time he keeps walking around here and of course gave that amazing speech at the beginning of the opening ceremony i hear he got uh, quite a standing ovation as as well so i mean that's lovely to hear he did and we all got in the whole room jumped in on a spontaneous harry 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 uh, and but the one thing in his speech that really stood out for me is that he asked us all to look down at our chests and see our nation's flag 
on our chest or on our sleeves we've all worn on operations over the years and i felt 550 athletes all looked down at the same time as he said that and that was the moment where it got a bit dusty in the room if i'm quite honest um, the emotions hit me and uh and that flag that i carry on my chest now I'm very proud to do today. Johnny, it's fantastic to hear. It's so incredibly inspiring for us mere mortals sat back at home to see what you're doing. It's wonderful. Wish you all the very best for uh, the rest of the competition. Um, do let us know how you got on. I know you're on Instagram, aren't you? Just let us know how people can follow your progress throughout the games. Sure, people can follow me on Instagram at Johnny Invictus. So no H, Johnny Invictus, or on Twitter, uh, Johnny Ball. No, not that one that you may remember. Um, and uh, I'd also like to say to people in Kent that our motto in Kent is Invicta. We have a link to Invictus. We're in undefeated, unconquered, and that in spirit lives beyond everyone, whether you're a man of Kent or a Kentish man or a maiden of Kent or a Kentish maiden. We are Invicta. Kent Online reports. If you head to Kent Online today, you can see pictures of a strange bubbling in the water off Folkestone. It's been baffling visitors over the hot weekend who have no idea what it could be. It's been suggested it's air pressure from the old sewer pipes and nothing to worry about. You can, of course, let us know what you think by commenting on the story. Rio Ferdinand's been spotted having breakfast at a cafe in Medway. The former footballer and TV pundit took photos with staff and other customers at Parkwood Cafe in Raynham. They've discussed described him as polite and respectful. Taylor Swift has made it four weeks at number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM with Cruel Summer. Desire by Calvin Harrison Stam Smith is at number two in the chart, followed by Miley Cyrus's new track, Used to Be Young. And as promised, an update on the weather after a week-long heatwave. Temperatures in Kent, you may or may not be pleased to hear, are set to drop from tomorrow. We've had a record-breaking start to September, but it looks Looks like heavy rain will bring an end to all of the hot weather. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham are top of League Two after a last gasp victory against Harrogate Town in the blistering heat on Saturday. Captain Sean Williams got the only goal of the game late on in added time as it finished 1-0 at Priestfield. Well, here's some reaction from manager Neil Harris. I thought in spells, I thought it was really good, really good. And other times that decision-making was just a little bit off. Um, especially in the final third, which is that little bit, we need that little bit of creative spark. Um, what I will say is, firstly, thanks to the fans that come in this ridiculous weather, and then top effort from all the players on the pitch. But my players like to go all the way to like they did scoring the hundredth minute. Uh, minute um, is, is a brilliant achievement. It was so so difficult. That's probably the hottest conditions I've been involved in in this country when we've been abroad for pre-season Como for example uh, when I've been in Spain and Portugal and Canada then it's been a lot worse than that but here that was really difficult and I think and I think that's why I think the majority of the fans understood that and that's why when we knocked the ball out of play a couple of times we turned that opportunity to play forward and run forward um, there's sort of a little bit of understanding in that but however League 2 football you know all the good play we've got and the moments of madness where we didn't make the right pass or the right cross or the right shot it comes down to a set play and and again I asked the lads at half time please don't be reactive in the box let's be a little bit more proactive last time I said it was last season and Sean Williams popped up for the 94th minute winner exactly the same today um, so really really pleased obviously you know delight 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 from my players 
yeah, Sean's got a, an adorable knack of being in the right place at the, the right time, but then just shows his experience at 36, he's played international football, he knows where to be. I, I think that's the key thing, I look, credit to him to get through the game like he did at his age. Um, obviously he's got through the game, and I'm, I'm pleased we had no one to put on for him because the goal might not have come. But he's got through because we're playing Robbie McKenzie in the centre of the park, which is he's it, done very well for us. But it's not a natural position for him um, because we're so light. George Lapsley today um, has, has got through sixty odd minutes. Um, he needed to come off after twenty five minutes. You know, he, he needed to come off. You know, he, he signalled to say he might be done already um, because he's, he's he's had thirty minutes of football training in two and a half weeks. So, you know, the light of the character shown by the boys, Tom Nichols uh, hasn't trained. He came to see me yesterday and said, look, Gaffer was short. I know you're thinking about going with five subs. Um, look, I've probably got 15 minutes in me. I thought the game dictated that I put him on, on the 65 and yet to go for longer than we hope. But look, I'm really pleased with the character of the players and, and off the bat of, back of maybe stern words from me last week in my post-match presser and in the change room, that's a great way to respond. You know, I, I, I can't praise the players highly enough for that, 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 uh, that result. And in cricket, Kent started in a strong position on day two of their county championship match against Nottinghamshire. Zach Crowley scored 158 before being caught out at Canterbury yesterday. The home side resumed on 387 for four today. They've got just three games of the season left and will be looking for a strong finish after a disappointing campaign. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read a fascinating report from our reporter, Sam Lennon, who's admitted to never using a cash machine and not doing banking online. We'd love to know what you think. You can comment on the article, Is Cash Still King? Or can you not remember the last time you used notes and coins? News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.